0: welcome to the talent talk with robert walters podcast where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work
1: hi everyone my name is josh from robert walters here in brazil and welcome to our latest LATAM Leadership podcast. Episodes can be accessed on various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also on our website, which is www.robertwaters.com.br. Please also be sure to also follow us through our website and LinkedIn as well. So today, I'm really excited to present the series "Women in Leadership," and our invited guest is Anne Williams, who is currently the COO, the Chief Operating Officer for Prodigitus. Um, And this is really timely as well with International Women's Day last Tuesday as well. Um, So Creditus is the leading 100% digital lending and consumer solutions platform in Latin America. Now has offices here in São Paulo, Porto Alegre, Esif, Valencia in Spain, and also Mexico City as well. So thank you very much, Anna, and welcome to our podcast.
0: Oh, hi, Josh. Thanks very much for inviting me to speak with your audience.
1: Great. Thank you so much. So Anne, could you just kind of tell us a bit about your educational background uh, and also uh, just a quick summary of your career, what would be really great for our listeners, if that's okay?
0: Sure. So um, I I grew up in in the US. I'm I'm American. I've lived in Brazil now for almost 20 years, but um, I went to uh, elementary school and high school in the States and then did my undergrad at Stanford University studying linguistics. Um, I spent some time working a block of time a little bit larger than I think than the standard between undergrad and business school and and went back to business school in Austin, Texas at the McComb School where I got an MBA and a master's in public administration.
1: Um, So I think it'd be really interesting to kind of hear how you started your career firstly as an analyst uh, with Deloitte um, and then shortly after with uh, AmeriCorp uh, Corps as well um so yeah it'd be kind of great to hear yeah like about how you start your career and what were the main challenges starting your career firstly in, in big four and then with America AmeriCorps in government administration
0: sure so um you know I, I end up giving a lot of advice especially to to younger women about career but to to people in general in my company and and in the sector. And I think that um, the, you know, my career is in retrospect, I can uh, tell a very round story about it, tell a story that makes sense. Um, But, you know, I kind of um, sensed my way along, especially at the beginning. And I think that one of the things that that helped me to have some success is that I really followed what I wanted to do and what I enjoyed um, from the beginning. Um, I come, from, come up from a family of academics, so of teachers and of, of university academics. And so um, there was not a lot of talk in my house about what you should do uh, when you graduated from college, what you were going to be, what was going to be your profession. There was a lot more talk about what kinds of things interested you, interested you or, or maybe what, what book you were reading and that kind of thing. So um, I, I kind of searched around a little bit at the beginning of my career. Um, I went to work in um, consulting with um, a small firm that was part of the Deloitte group. And um, soon after I I made a change and went to work with um, an organization that was launching uh, a new program um, in the US for, for people who wanted to um, do service in exchange for money for college or to pay off student loans. So um, as you can imagine, You know, uh, after that experience, when I decided to apply for business school, it was a little bit hard to link the two things together. Um, And I think that, you know, what I talked about there on my applications was just, you know, the sort of analytical ability and the base that I learned um, in consulting and then um, the management of people and and the management of, of programs and implementing new programs that I learned at AmeriCorps. Um, And I I really pulled that together then after business school for sort of the rest of my career, which um, turned out to be focused on companies in the financial service sector, um, not as part of the plan, but I think as part of, um, again, looking for things that interested me. So I think that one of the things that's really um, attractive about companies in the the financial services is that um, their, their products are complex. And so I'm a lifelong learner, I love to be challenged, I like to uh, need to delve in to understand things and that happens when you're working, I think with financial products and especially in a FinTech or startup environment where um, you're launching new products and you're figuring out how to structure those products and how to structure your offer to the market of those products.
1: No, great, thank you so much. I think that's really important what you said there in terms of doing something you enjoy. Of course, you're, you're working 10, 11, 12 hours a day. You really need to do, uh, be doing something that you enjoy, that you um, find insightful, that is challenging you, like you said as well. So, uh, and speaking to different people as well, like you kind of mentioned, your household, in you know, a household of, uh, of academics, speaking to other people inside your family, outside as well. I think this is really important to help kind of shape people's careers and where they want to go. So, no, thank you very much for, for that insight. Um, and I was really interested to hear if that's okay. What were the main kind of changes that you've noticed from the beginning of your career, especially when we're thinking about diversity and also the inclusion of women in, in this area in terms of financial services, but also the kind of fintech and digital side of things as well?
0: Um, yeah, so you know, I think that um, there, there's been there have been a lot of changes for 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 women in terms of inclusion um, and in terms of focus on diversity. You know, so if we think about diversity as just the the snapshot of what the room looks like um, there. There, we, we have made some progress, you know, over the years. Um, but I think that where I feel um, a bigger difference, and especially recently, is in the commitment to to create an inclusive inclusive environment for women. So, you know, I feel like from um, the you know the boards that I that I've that I've sat on and, and, and the, the board that I'm in involved in now with, with SOMOS, with VASTA, um, as well as my experience at Creditas, um, really feeling like people are committed to wanting to have diversity, wanting to have a representation of women and of other groups, because there has kind of con- people have congealed around the belief that it really, does make a difference, that it really is better for results, that, um, you know, there's more creativity, that we think better when we have people around us who aren't just like us or had the same experiences that we had over time. So, so I think that's what makes me sort of most encouraged is sort of a feeling that there's some some true feeling behind the drive for diversity um, that, that we're seeing, you know, in the market.
1: I, agree. I think I agree especially that kind of want from from companies to to really want this change as well. Um, Of course, things are are much better now. I wouldn't say that they're perfect, but it definitely comes from within companies, from within organizations, really wanting to kind of promote this change. Um, And as you mentioned as well, I think it's very important to have people from different backgrounds, different social economic backgrounds as well, to kind of get different values, different thoughts, different ideas and opinions as well, to kind of come towards that end goal. So that's very important. Mm The next thing I really wanted to find out, which is, I think, very interesting for me, especially as we were talking before, we started recording this, uh, being born here in Brazil, then growing up in the UK, and now uh, coming back to Brazil. And you're kind of the opposite, kind of growing up in the US, and now working in Brazil. So yeah, now that you've worked both in the US and Brazil, firstly, how has this experience been for you? Um, And also, do you believe that having this international experience has kind of helped your career as well?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting, right? You you've lived at the the back and forth and living in different cultures, and um, I know a lot of people who who are living or have lived that as, as well. And there's kind of a a feeling of not really being from any place anymore once you've once mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time in in more than one. And something that I didn't mention at the beginning of our conversation is that I did spend some time in and out of Mexico growing up um, due to my dad's uh, dad's work, and so. And I'm now taking care of Mexico for Creditas as well. Um, and so, um, you know, this kind of this experience in and out of Latin America, and then very heavily, most recently in Brazil um, has really been, I think very enriching for me. And I think also enriching for for the people that I work with. So, you know, I mentioned going in and out of Mexico because when I came to Brazil, you know, after my MBA, it wasn't the first time that I had an international experience. And I think that that was very helpful um, for me in terms of how to interpret things and how to best um, react and and act in different situations. So, you know, I think a lot of uh, living internationally or being a foreign person is um, using, you know, your emotional intelligence as much as you can and, and having a lot of empathy and listening a lot. So, um, and, and sort of not using standard filters to understand things. So having a lot of tolerance, both for yourself and for other people, not jumping to conclusions. And I think that, you know, since I did live that when I was younger, um, it came a little bit easier to me when I decided to work internationally um, for my, you know, in my career. Um, and I think that, um, you know, you ask what's the experience been like for me? Well, you know, it's been amazing. And, you know, I guess I'm hooked on it in a way because I get questions all the time of, well, you know, are you going to be going back to the States? And, um, you know, I just sort of, the longer that I stay in Brazil, the the, the longer that I stay in Brazil, on the other hand, I think the more global I become with some of the, some of the other experiences and um, to think about, not having that diversity, that, that cultural diversity, um, I think in my day to day is is difficult for me. I think that it, it creates a, uh, dimensions that then, you know, if you have fewer dimensions, if you go from a bunch of dimensions to few dimensions, things can seem a little boring. Um, and, and that's, that's why I say, you know, I guess I'm, I'm kind of hooked on it, I guess a little bit addicted to it. And it's funny, just as an aside, I think I have the same experience with, um, with, Uh, startups and scale-ups and entrepreneurship and and new projects, because again, it's a lot to, there's a lot of dimensions to deal with, a lot of factors, a lot of variables. And when you get used to having that kind of variety in your day-to-day, it's difficult to think about going back to something more traditional or going to something more traditional. Um, So I think that those kind those two things in my career are linked, um, the interest in the international and the interest in, in, in startups. because of the the lack of, of um, predictability, that that to me is 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 really attractive and fun, um, as opposed to being stressful as it you know as it might be for, for somebody with a profile really really different than mine. Um, as far but, as you know, oh, sorry, go ahead, Josh.
1: No, of course, I was just going to say that I think uh, a lot of things that you've said I can really uh, agree with, especially the challenges as well. Like you. Of course, it is challenging moving somewhere else. But if you can kind of overcome those challenges, it definitely makes you a well-rounded, a better-rounded, uh, well, more-rounded person as well. And the experiences that you have, and I think you would say this as well, if you do have the opportunity to move abroad or work internationally, like we both have done, it, it's it's great as well. And having those different variables as well, um, yeah, it's it's quite difficult now for me and probably for you as well to kind of thinking about what we had before and the kind of way we life, the way of life we had before, and really going back and. Back to doing that, it's quite difficult. So yeah, I can definitely (laughs) agree with a lot of points you said
0: there. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. No, and for sure, you know, you asked if if I feel that it's helped my career. Absolutely, Um, I think it's helped me to be a better professional, as I was mentioning. But it's also helped, you know, sort of my my CV. It's helped my my um, the way that I'm perceived by 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 others in the market, Um, because you know you do have sort of a bigger bag of tricks when you've had these kind of experiences.
1: No, I agree. So thanks so much. You've had a really interesting background and uh, and it's really interesting for our listeners to kind of hear about this and um, hopefully kind of follow in your footsteps as well with that. Um, My next question I really wanted to ask was, based on your experience and professional trajectory, what is your opinion on the evolution of the inclusion of women in more like leadership positions? Um, Of course, in digital companies and financial services, but also the startups and scale-ups that you've mentioned as well. Uh, Yeah, What's your opinion in terms of uh, how
0: this has kind of evolved over time. Um, so you know, I, I'm really lucky at Creditas at because we have a, a big um, group of women in our in our leadership team, in our executive team. We have just a little less than half women. And when I say executive team, I'm talking about our team of C levels and and VPs. Um, so I think I'm a little bit. Um, biased in, in, in my view on maybe how things have gone because the environment that, you know, I was lucky enough to, to join and then to help to create is, is very, very inclusive in terms of, in terms of gender. Um, I, you know, I don't know that it's like that everywhere. And, and and I don't, don't think probably that it is. And, you know, one of the things that we see, for example, we had a board meeting a couple of days ago and, um, there was one woman's face on, on the zoom, so you know you see that the same that's not reflected, for example, in in our investor group. And I know that investors, our investors, as well as many of the important investors worldwide, are really pushing also to to include more women in their teams. Um, and I think you know just like any kind of diversity that you're trying to um, increase, you know, and, and we look at that a lot at Kudjitus in terms of in terms of race, for example. Um, the first steps are the hardest because what happens is that it's somewhat of a domino effect in a positive way. So diversity brings diversity uh, because diversity creates an inclusive, inclusive environment. It creates confidence for somebody else coming in. So you know, when I joined Krijitas as COO, you know, about a, a, I guess six months or a year later, we brought in Vivi Salis as VP of Analytics, and you know, I, I know that the conversation that we had touched on, what is it like uh, as a woman to work on this leadership team? So, you know, you, you kind of open up channels of, of conversation that are more difficult to have if the person sitting on the other side of the table is, um, you know, does not represent the, the, the group that you're, that you're coming from. So, you know, I guess a, a long way around in a sense to say that I think that it's improving. I think that it's very patchy still, Um, I think it depends a lot on the company. It depends on the company's leaders and, and the commitment, the, you know, diversity is something that you need to be very intentional to make it happen. Um, It's not something that just happens on its own. And so, you know, there are some companies who, who haven't prioritized that, who haven't had time to do it, maybe who haven't had people on the inside that, that know a little bit about how to make that happen. And then, you know, the, the virtuous circle doesn't, doesn't get created um, and sometimes even even a vicious one does because it's you know harder and harder to get um, to get to get women for example and then you just have a bigger and bigger team of, of, of male leaders.
1: Mm-hmm. No of course I think you're right it doesn't happen overnight but of course it needs to start somewhere um, and I think we're both lucky that working at Robert Walters and we're in these companies that have women in leadership positions so we're very lucky but as you said this isn't kind of Effective of, of every single company, so things have definitely got better, as we've mentioned already in this podcast. But obviously, things still need to change as well. So that kind of ties yeah, into my next I
0: question. Think to, I think just oh, to, to just to add, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about it in, in one of your first questions, and I think that um, there is, uh, you know, as you say, Robert Walters. There's been I've talked to several people about um, positions that are focused on women. So I've talked to you know women on the team. And so I think that there is there's definitely a recognizable movement in um, in in some places. And, and I think that's just going to expand. And it is it is a privilege to be to be involved in companies like that for sure.
1: No, I agree. I think we're, we're definitely lucky. And as you mentioned, yeah, when I am recruiting for different positions, there's, I can definitely see that shift in focus as well. Um, and that makes me happy. <laughs> and that's where we want to be, so that, that is great. But, um, but as I was saying, obviously it's not perfect. So I was really interested to kind of hear how you think that, well, digital companies, financial services companies, but also startups and scale-ups as well, how these companies can improve on diversity, thinking out loud maybe about education, different courses, and of course the opportunities as well. But yeah, how do you think we, we can improve?
0: Yeah, so I think I think for me, the big one is networking. I think that um, there are a lot of uh, great women out there available, or, or would be, in, you know, interested in talking about making a move or, or, or you know, growing in their career that aren't on the radar because of uh, because of networking or lack of networking. So I think that you know, there's um, there's a lot of women's groups and, that are networking with other women, but there's very little networking among among you know with women and men in the market um and you know if you this this i see because you know i have people call me a lot and say you know can you recommend someone for this role and i'll give a list of five and you know they haven't talked to you know three of them or, or didn't know them so you know i think that women you know if you go to 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 a women's group uh you know professional women's group um you know, that's one of the first things that they'll say is that women aren't so good at networking, and therefore we're going to be networking. But I think that the networking, providing opportunities for women to network with senior men, is extremely important. And I would, I think, I would put it in front of education and courses, although I think that those are important as well, and and that we can talk about them. But, um, but I think that it's more along the lines of the opportunity. And uh, you know, Monica Brand, who's the the Um, general partner for Quona, who's one of our investors. Um, She participated on a panel with us uh, some months ago, and she was talking about some research that shows that uh, the best male CEOs in terms of diversity, you know, in terms of being committed to diversity, are those who have daughters. And I think that that is just so, you know, it's one of those things that makes so much sense. It's so obvious when you hear it because, you know, part of it is being is being aware and being sensitive to the fact that you know that there's a whole world of women out there that maybe you're not networking with or you don't know that they're interested. And maybe through your daughter, you start thinking, well, how can I get my my daughter opportunities or help her to have more opportunities? That makes you that makes you more open. But using that research, one of the things that um, she talked about is the pairing of uh, women with senior men executives. So, you know, again, going back to my not that I am against women's professional women's groups, I'm in a bunch of them. And I've made tons mm. of really great friends as well as professional contacts to these groups. But I think that it's more useful to set up a mentoring program, for example, with women being mentored by men, because men know how things work. Um, and then also the men end up getting mentored as well. Yeah, it,
1: it definitely works both ways on that. And I think it's really interesting how you mentioned about, about networking. Of course, networking is, is so important in terms of getting yourself out there and getting known. Um, and almost a shame that like you kind of mentioned when you're giving uh, some indications of some professionals for, for some positions, and maybe two or three of the women on the list aren't even known in the market as well. But um, no, I think that's very, very important as well. As you mentioned, with some male CEOs, have daughters as well obviously it's then more personal to them to kind of help their daughters kind of succeed and grow in their career as well.
0: So Sometimes Mm -hmm. it
1: it takes that kind of more personal feel for things to improve. So um, I think think that's a really interesting kind of take on that. I don't think we always think about that. Like, as you said, yeah, education and courses in terms of teaching and training people is probably what a lot of people kind of go to first. But the other side that you mentioned, networking, mentoring, these things are probably, yeah, more important. So that's a very interesting point there.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of depends on who you're trying to bring into the system, and so you know, I think there's a, there are a lot of women who have um, just you know a great uh, portfolio of courses in education. and education. In fact, you know, you see that in groups that are underrepresented, often are better prepared, at least in terms of education or academics, because you almost need that in order to be to get noticed. Um, and I think you know, I I I've, I know I have a lot of friends who um are sort of you know constantly taking a course and i think that's a little bit of a reflection on you know that feeling of you know i need to beef up this um this cv in order to be able mm-hmm. to make the next step whereas maybe um a male executive would not would not feel as much pressure in that in that sense
1: no i really agree with that and that's very interesting i think it's good that we've just spoken about that so we can kind of get that point out there um as well So so thank you for this um, my next question I think this is really important as well especially the career that you've had in terms of w- what advice would you kind of give to women who want to start a career in some of the industries you've worked in also we've mentioned digital financial services startup scale-ups yeah, what advice would you kind of give to someone who really wants to kind of take a, their kind of first step into this career but doesn't really know where to start
0: so I think that you know for for digital companies um, and for for startups that are that are often often digital, um, you know, the the, the main uh, it, it you know depending on the size of, of the company, but when you're talking about companies that are in an earlier stage, I think a willingness to, to to be a generalist and to apply your skills and learn in a number of ways and be flexible in terms of change in scope is probably the most important um, and sets sets you up the best in order to grow in a, in a digital company. So, you know, digital companies are, are fast moving, They're, there's less planning, there's more sudden changes, there's more, those sudden changes create opportunities. And so um, probably, you know, sort of an openness to, to apply skills and to learn new skills is really important, you know, Especially, especially at junior levels, but I think at at, at all sorts of levels, um, the you know for 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 a fintech that's in uh, a later stage, you start having more of a need for for content knowledge. So that's been something interesting about our recruiting over time. We, you know, in the beginning years, we recruited lots and lots of generalists. Um, who were able to learn about financial services and the kinds of products that we offer. And then over time, you know, we've mixed that up a little bit and you can, you can apply the same diversity arguments here where, you know, on a team it's, it's great to have people who maybe are coming from a different sector and can apply some different methodologies or paradigms working together with people who really know how financial services work. Um, So so, you know, that sort of just, oh, I want to learn and, and I'm open changes a little bit, I think, as as the digital company grows and especially, you know, within financial services where, um, as I mentioned before, it is very complex and you need to have some specific knowledge in order to, to generate results in some cases. Um, you know, then maybe my second piece of advice for people who are, who are more senior is to, you um, I guess thinking out loud, but, you know, again, be open to apply your skills in a different way. So, you know, we interview a lot of people coming from traditional financial services companies at Creditas, and, you know, it's interesting how um, two resumes can generate a very different profile in a conversation about how that person would fit into a scale-up environment. So I guess um, being able to look at what you've, what you've learned and, and how you've come along on your path in a little bit more of a creative way um, to be able to apply to challenges that maybe you didn't, you hadn't thought about as a next step, I think is, is super important.
1: That's great. No, I really definitely agree with that. Some of those points, maybe when you're starting your career, you can be more generalist, as you kind of mentioned. Obviously, you want to learn as much as possible and you're really excited to start your career. So you're asking lots of questions and just, wherever you need help, you're there. But obviously that adaptability, like you mentioned as well, if you're going to be working for financial services, maybe need specific knowledge. So you really become like an SME in, in that space, but that adaptability and ability to, to change environments, change sectors and areas as well is also important, as you mentioned. So, uh, yeah, that's some really great advice there, Anne. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, you're and welcome. And, and
0: I think just also just to, to add there a little bit, the, um, you know, um, Going back to the networking, so tying in, you know, one of your prior questions, um, if you just really just want to start thinking about it, the best thing to do is just to start talking to people. So sending messages to set up, you know, the the classic informational interview, a half an hour coffee. What do you do? How do you think that I could fit in? Where do you, what do you, what do you think about when you look at, look at my career? Um, Because one conversation leads to another, which leads to two more, which leads to four more, you know, and, and, and again, a lot of times, um, people in general don't do that, but, but, but even, even women do it even less. So that would be some strong advice that I would give.
1: I agree. I think at the beginning, it can be quite scary, quite daunting how to start, but yeah, like you said, as soon as you start, um, one conversation leads to another, this person, knows this person, and then probably a few weeks later, you're like, why didn't I start sooner? So <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that um and yeah absolutely question, uh it's probably my one I was most interested and excited to ask you really especially with the wealth of career that you've had the people that you know the countries that you've worked in so really interesting to kind of hear um what and this can be who as well was the greatest inspiration in your life and this can be personal or professional or both really so yeah um please let us know this
0: yeah, so I always say in, in interviews and in panels that I'm, I'm not good at picking one thing, so the greatest, but I can give you a few. <laughs> um, and, it's even better. And, yeah, so um, gosh, I mean, looking, looking along back on my career, I think there were some, some women who really stand out as to um, you know being role models for me and, and inspiring me to understand that I could be in that position um, in the future, or maybe just a certain style that they had. And one that comes to mind is when I was at Tiaxa, when Tiaxa was a, was a startup. So this is the beginning of, of, you know, 2000, 2001 in, in Miami. And we had um, on one of our investor teams, a woman named Gabriela Sabate, who was, uh, is um, Argentine. And she's very small and um, looks a lot younger. Than, than she is. And she had some, hmm. some strategies that, that, you know, I've copied even today um, that, that I think really works. So she would go into a meeting and if she saw that it was an environment that was not as friendly for, for women or, or maybe for a young woman, you know, the, 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 you know, as she looked, she would say, she had this phrase that she would say every time, she would somehow weave into the first couple of minutes of the conversation, uh, I'm older than I look. So she would say, you know, X, Y, Z, and I'm older than I look. So, you know, A, B, C. And so she she did that with, you know, with a smile, but sort of, you know, leaning forward on the table and sort of the message saying, um, you know, I, I'm here at this table and, and you're going to need to pay attention to to what I'm contributing. And I think that that was a great, um, you know, that was just a, a a small thing, but that sort of spoke volumes about the way that she carried herself in her career. Um, Thinking about other people, I mentioned Monica Brand already, and she's a person who's Mm -hmm. inspired me quite a bit. Um, I sat on the Tiaxa board with her. She, you know, as the managing partner of a venture capital fund, actually the founder of the venture capital fund, she's broken all sorts of barriers and done all sorts of firsts. Um, And I think that what's really amazing about her is that um, you know the passion that she has, how much she really believes in what she's doing. Um, the the fund that she that she launched, the firm that she launched, Quona focuses on financial inclusion, and she has a very modern and um, innovative way of understanding financial inclusion. So you know, she pulls together a, a social impact kind of mindset that I'm really attracted to, and that I've I've dabbled with in and in and out of my career as well as just a very um, assertive and, um, you know, result seeking um, way of doing business that, you know, is just very apparent in, in everything, she, everything she's been able to, to accomplish. So she's, she's another person who I would mention. And then, you know, as, as I was looking through your questions uh, the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking about the answer um, was my sisters. So on a, on a personal mm-hmm. Uh, note: I'm one of four daughters, and my mom is one of four daughters, so we're a family full of women. And my sisters Great. and I are all very close in age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are five years um, difference from the oldest to the youngest. And you know, each of my sisters is absolutely amazing in in her own way, with diverse careers and and experiences. But we were just um, all together uh, a couple weeks ago because uh, my mom was hospitalized and we, you know, I think it just, it was very inspiring for me to be with them, sort of getting things done together. So, you know, we immediately put on our hats, each person following the the tasks that, you know, fell more into their their own personal strengths. And I think we were very quick at understanding, okay, Ann, you're good at this, Gene, you're good at that, Nancy, you're going to do the other, Susan, focus on this without, um, without a lot of judgment around that. So really, I guess, kind of respecting the diversity of our team, and, and also knowing each other really well, and, and really having a lot of admiration for different people's skills, because I think we were all so impressed, you know, when one of the others came back with the answer that we needed about, you know, something that we were trying to resolve around my mom's health, or or how we were going to set up her situation.
1: No, no, thank you. And, and firstly, actually, um, yeah, I did hear that your mum was hospitalised and you were back in the US. So firstly, I hope everything's OK uh, with, with that. Um, and also, we, we send on our wishes. Um, and then thank secondly, you. I just wanted to no worries. Secondly, I just wanted to say, yeah, I think you wanted it perfectly. There's, there's not just one person. There's so many different inspirations in, in life and obviously personal and professional as well. It could be someone in work, like you mentioned, who has a different management or leadership style that you can... Adopt or kind of take pieces from, or there can be other people that you just meet in everyday life that can help you navigate a different situation or strategize something differently about how you look at life as well. So I think, yeah, every single day you're learning and picking up new things, and this is this is what what is great and most important. So a very difficult question that I asked you, but no, you answered it perfectly. So thank you so much, Um, and and Ann, thank you. That's uh, that's the the whole podcast done now. So thank you so much for your time. super interesting and I think both of us as we've mentioned both uh, me in the UK and you and you in the US and now both of us living and working here in Brazil you see these different aspects uh, which makes things super interesting super complex for us as well but the way we're navigating it uh, will hopefully help our listeners the amount of advice and insights that you've given us has been super inspirational so thank you so much for your time and yeah we will really appreciate this so thank you again.
0: Oh, I thank you. Thank you for inviting me and for the the interesting questions and telling, telling a little bit about yourself along the way as well.
1: Great. Well, thanks so much, Anne, and thanks to our listeners too.